Kia ora e te and welcome to Tall Stories, Tales from the Built Environment, a podcast series by the New Zealand Institute of Building. Join us as we delve into personal stories about inspirational career journeys for people in design and construction, as you too build your own story. question kind of for both of you and maybe you can discuss this between you as much as with me you've both taken breaks um uh for to start a family build a family and i'm interested to know how you manage that process not just with the particular job or employer you're working with but with your idea of where your career is going how do you pause and how do you rejoin well i suppose the um the first first part of it was um for me working on site while being pregnant, which at the time, and for quite a number of months, I felt quite self-conscious about. My son's five years old now, but I would have spent a good five months not telling anyone that I was pregnant and walking around site as, as if normal. Um, and then obviously had to um, upgrade to a larger high-vis. So there was a bit of, um, there was a bit of um, just feeling self-conscious, uh, but actually um, everyone was amazing and finished the project and uh, got practical completion. And about three weeks later, my son was born. And so I had a year off. And in that year, I was fairly busy. My husband was working away from Wellington at the time, so we would go back and forth between Wellington and New Plymouth. There was some uh, work on a wharf there and uh, Foxton, so I found myself quite busy um, and I did have um, people like Stacey checking in on me regularly, which was really important now that I I look back on that, um, to have that um, sort of keeping in touch with people at work, um, which made it easier to think about coming back. Um, but I did go back to work, I suppose, excited to be back at work. I did change um, my employer at that time as well and worked for Arrow for about a year. Um, so it was a challenge, I suppose. There was there was a big juggle and I was lucky to have my uh, mum here and also my mother-in-law and they all helped look after um, my son and... I tried to work less, so I was working four days a week in sort of reduced hours, which was a challenge, but um, yeah, kind of got there. But I did find it quite difficult the first time around. And the second time around, the kids are quite close in age, when I decided to come back to work, and that was after maybe eight or nine months at home with the two kids, I was given the opportunity to work as a design manager for Somerset uh, Retirement Villages. And that was that was a really fantastic opportunity for me because I had never worked in an office environment before. I had always been on site. So I did have that um, curiosity about what it would be like to work in, on the design side. And I also had the stability of knowing exactly where I was going every day and that that would be the head office. And the, for me timeframes and deliverables felt a bit more manageable than the, I guess, the physical challenges of being on site and the very, very tangible outputs and really day-to-day milestones. Um, So I found that to be really good and 
yeah, for that two years, learned a lot about the design side on the consultancy side. Um, but for me, uh, sort of my heart lies with being on site. And so as soon as I felt like I had the family side kind of under control and the kids in a bit of a routine, um, I took an opportunity to work for um, Auraki Construction. So that's how I ended up back on site. So yeah, it has been uh, still and still is a juggle trying to trying to balance the kids and family and uh, and working at a demanding job. So for me, it was a bit different because my uh, son is twenty three. In fact, he just finished his civil engineering um, pre- final presentations last week. So he's followed mum's industry, which is really cool. And I ended up sharing with a um, another mum. She looked after my son. Um, three days a week um, and so that's what I did. I worked three days a week and was at home with with him for two days a week and for me that was a really good split of the week and you know like I said before I was always happy to go to each place. I was always happy to go to work and always happy to come home and, and see my son and, and do kind of mum things. I didn't have to do too many uh, mum things and, and, and life was pretty busy and my husband um, he had quite a busy role where he was gone by seven and, and home by seven. So um, he wasn't able to do a lot of those school kind of things. And then, um, you know, one of those champions that I mentioned before um, was the boss at Fletcher's, um, Bob Hall, and he caught up with me and said, Radio, a year's up, um, right, come back to work. And I thought, gosh, I can hardly remember anything. How, how the heck am I going to do that? But flew right into it. And I was, by having those split days, I was able to have a work mode and a um, at-home mode and and really enjoyed it. I loved going to work, you know. I just, I just thrived on it. And what I did find a bit tricky was having to accept that my career went on pause um, and watching my peers um, overtake me and jumping into roles, you know, my juniors overtaking me and often they had kids too, same age kids and they were, you know, able to progress. So that was that was kind of a challenge to accept but I wasn't willing to work full time and miss out in, in a in a segment of being at home with the kids, so that was just it was just something I had to learn to accept, it. and I wasn't that great at it. But um, I just had to be because I had a choice. The choice was mine, and I chose to, to split my time, you know, to to do a bit of both, really. And then the second one came along, and again, I just took a year off. And um, in the end, we we got a nanny, so we were able to have a nanny for those three days a week, um, and we had her for five years. We didn't have any grandparents in the city, um, got a couple of cousins and things like that. So, you know, that that older generation we were missing out on, and this, um, this nanny was same age as my mum. So for me it was really great to have someone, and she was so different to me and and was just kind of filling all the stuff that I couldn't do or didn't think to do. I, I wasn't a natural. I was not a natural it was a whole foreign world to me, so it was just really comforting to know that there was an expert who really adored the children, so so that was a really great start. And then I just massaged my hours to really to suit the kids, um, but I did have someone say, if you want to be taken seriously, come back to work full time. 
or else you know your own you know your, your contribution isn't enough and this was before flexi times and part-time work and and I took that seriously and um, and I believed that you know that was the only way to go there weren't really many I didn't know many other part-time mums in construction so I just kind of buttoned down and I've always wanted to be good at what I did so I just um, concentrated on that and uh, as soon as my youngest was about, um, I think once he could drive, so seventeen, I was able to, um, to to go back full time. I always wanted my kids to do lots of things after school, so if I wasn't around, I felt that that would be quite hard. But we just did things. The kids would walk to work um, with their hockey teammates and have smoko in our smoko room and then I'd you know they'd wait for me to finish at four o'clock so I just I just really changed my hours to suit everybody and work fortunately just took whatever I could give. This episode is proudly sponsored by Jib Plasterboard your local plasterboard manufacturer. Jib Plasterboard offers a wide range of training programs and technical help for lining installation, fire resistance performance, noise control, wet area systems, and rigid air barrier solutions. Please call the Jib Helpline team on 0800 100 442 for technical support or register for a training session at jib.co.nz slash training and events. Do you think nowadays people would say that if you want to be taken seriously, you've got to work full time? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I hope not. But <laughs> no, I think that has definitely changed, hasn't it? Yeah, it was a pretty foreign concept. I mean, back then, twenty years ago, I mean, there weren't many part timers, and I, yeah, I can't even think what what part time roles there were. And so, it's particularly not the construction industry. We've always thought that it's been kind of quarter past seven till, you know, half past five, six o'clock at night. And if you can't do that, you know, what, you know, what's the point? But we now know there's so many other ways to, you know, to cut the um, cloth and uh, working different ways. I never wanted to work from home. Some people said, I'll oh, just take your stuff home and work from home. But I, I, to me, that was having to juggle both at the same time. And, and I couldn't do that. And also, I really enjoyed being at work. I enjoyed the people and I enjoyed the banter and what, you know, you can hear around you. So, of course, there were times when I had to work once the kids had gone to bed. Um, but that's what I'd do. I would just focus on them. And as soon as they were down, um, you know, maybe do another couple of hours to finish things off. But that wasn't too often. But, you know, tenders have a deadline. And I appreciated that and always knew that, you know, that was what we had to deal with. Um, so I want to know, since returning full-time, Stacey, do you think you've got back in the lane and your earlier concerns about where other people might have taken their full-time careers while you were um, committed to spending time with your kids? Do you think what you're doing now is what you want to do and the way you want to do it? Well, I've probably changed my philosophy as, like, I don't need to compare myself to my to my past peers and um, when Fletcher's dissolved and we needed to find something else to do, I decided to do something really different. I'd been working for a main contractor for, you know, 20-something years and decided to me to be a better QS was to look at the the industry from a different angle and, and that was through a subcontractor's 
point of view. Um, so I was talking to some of our subcontractors before I finished up and, and it was at Pacific Doors where they said, come and work for us and, and by the way, you won't have any time to work anywhere else and we'll buy you a ute. So I was... Um, in. I was in. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of had a just an amazing... Um, kind of energy burst for learning new stuff. I didn't know anything about doors. And and to be honest, I was a very naive. I thought, how, how complicated can it be? It's only a door. Well, you know, very wrong, very wrong. But I loved learning the insides and the outsides and the, the technical compliance aspect. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed just so many different aspects that I didn't have a chance to do as an estimator. Um, at, at Fletcher's. Then I took on another um, aspect of the industry and that was to work for Transpower for the electrical sector. And again, it was just, I wanted to see a different angle. And I was just thinking that this is all parts of a career pizza. And I wanted to make sure that I had lots of kind of interesting pieces of my pizza. And it was a really great opportunity for me to try something different but then again, like Gazelle, you know, the lure of being on site and being on a project to get onto one whip more, work with a, a team of guys who I knew from my Fletcher's days and have this really great goal of finishing the project is, is pretty hard to bat off and ignore. So I joined those guys and, and that's where I am. And so I'm on site and really kind of um, enjoying being part of that team and everyone with this focus and this um, determination. Uh, we don't actually have a choice. You know, we have to finish. And it's uh, it's kind of getting to that sprint line, which is um, complex. And what's the scale of work you're working with now? Oh, so this building is a 14-storey new build. Um, it's going to be the new BNZ building. And, um, you know, it's quite interesting because it's um, a diagrid shape structure which I'm not familiar with um, it's all glass and has the most amazing views in fact um, my son was up after finishing his degree and I was able to take him through the site where mum works and uh, take him up to the highest point on the roof and it was one of those Wellington days that Happens more often than we like to admit. We don't want too many people around the country to know how good it is here. But it was dead calm and I was able to to take him up and stand on the roof and, you know, just see how great um, Wellington is. And I've always had a thing about roofs too. So whenever we've had Nawak um, site visits, it's like, can we please go on the roof? They look at us as if we're mad. Um, but, you know, roofs are pretty special. Aspirational. <laughs> well, I have to say that... Um, your squiggly line career and your the choices you've made and raising the family and still doing Narwick and still doing these other things and then choosing to try things that you've never done before in terms of work. It's a pretty impressive career path. And uh, and the mentoring of younger people, Gazelle and others, that's quite a significant way to give back. So that must be rewarding for you. Yeah, it's hugely rewarding. And what they don't realise is that, you know, I get more from them than they get from me. I, they don't realise what they share and the things that they open my eyes to is um, is a huge benefit to me. So it's kind of one of those things that I didn't really know and I didn't really try to do it. But um, I've been lonely in a job and I've been isolated 
and I didn't really like it. So if there's a way that I can help someone avoid that, I will, really. Yeah, I think Stacey um, definitely identified a need for uh, that, that people were after in the construction industry, whether or not they knew it, and then grew it into a, in a, into a huge community and has helped pave the way for other people because I, I didn't know what I was doing or what the options were to me when I first started in construction. Um, but Stacey, by gathering all these different women from different aspects of construction and, and making them accessible to everyone, um, really helped with that and kind of knowing what your options are and making connections. It's been hugely valuable. And she's, and I, I didn't think about that at the time, but um, I'm juggling work and two young kids. Well, I'm doing that, but Stacey did all of that, plus grew a, a national organisation, a woman in construction, so it was um, pretty impressive that she's done that. I always had um, good support from my husband. He, you know, he's another champion, and he saw, you know, the value, and he saw the how much I got out of it when I came home from a, a Nawak event, how kind of how great I felt about, you know, meeting all these amazing women, all, all the things that we learnt, all the things that we saw, um, you'll love this, Tommy. We did a skills with drills um, event uh, in a joinery firm in um, Seaview where we made a bedside cabinet table. And um, I thought it was kind of like um, Mission Impossible to me. It's like, seriously, how on earth are we going to make a bedside cabinet in two hours? But it was kind of like MasterChef. And um, a number of the components were all there ready for us. We worked in pairs. And I was really reluctant to use the drill. I, I'm not very confident. I'm not a, a practical person. And that was the whole point, skills with drills. I spent an, a good half hour avoiding doing everything I could except for use the drills until it came to me that I'm not going to finish this project unless I do. And I um, had to go for it. And, and at the end, I was um, like a crazed drilling person and I can see a whole maybe there's a career in piling that I never thought about. How about you Gisela how are your skills with drills? Um, probably pretty poor I would say I don't do any kind of DIY stuff at home not even gardening at work through my um, cadetship and training I, I would have picked up a bit of that knowledge um, and things like driving scissor lifts and things like that. Um, but no, not hugely practical, I wouldn't say, but I am um, always in awe of people who are. And where do you see your path, your journey going from here? I thought you might ask that, and I genuinely have no idea. I um, I do really enjoy what I do, and I, I would be um, happy continuing that um there's something very satisfying and really different about all of the projects that um, I'm able to work on, which is fantastic. But yeah, I haven't thought too much, you know, for, for me at the moment, just having the um, working and having the young kids, it's just about um, keeping afloat and, and keeping on going. And um, I haven't quite had a chance to think about what the next steps might be, but um, yeah, I, I'm thoroughly enjoying myself and um, I am doing what I want to be doing. Great. Any tips for people out there listening that maybe younger, maybe leaving leaving high school sh soon, thinking about careers, possibly in construction, what they might want to think about? I think people that are thinking about getting into construction or actually just thinking about what their career um, could be should should um, see people that uh, know about what the, all the options are because certainly at school I had no idea what the options were in the construction industry. Maybe I knew what an architect or an engineer did, and that was it. 
Uh, there's so many important roles available. So I guess the um, advice from me would be to join an organisation as a student and uh, kind of get in contact and see what the options are. Yeah, and I think that um, if design or drawing or hands-on um, practical skills is where you want to be and what you want to do, you should just try and really um, make that happen instead of trying to find some other path. I think that it's been really good at the moment where there is a lot more um, focus on the different parts of the construction industry and how to get into it. I think careers counsellors are way more open to the options in the construction industry. There's no denying that, you know, we really have a shortage of, of skills. You know, I have a father who's a builder and I used to spend a lot of time drawing plans as an eight-year-old and he said, I, I would like you to have an administrative job um, and can you please learn typing? So um, I said, stuff you, and I went into the tech drawing class, refused to learn typing, which is a regret now. really wish I could have touched type. Um, but I followed him. And all the signs were there for me to do that, but he couldn't um, move away from what, you know, girls are supposed to do. I was lucky enough to grow up in the 80s where there was a slogan, girls can do anything, and I believed them. And um, so I was able to get into QSing and, and just thought that that was normal. And so really want young women and school leavers and parents of school leavers to, you know, to see how um, dynamic and and um, enjoyable and fulfilling the built environment is. Um, you know, my kids still talk about mum helping build te papa and able to look at buildings around town and, and know that I've been part of it. So it's hugely gratifying and uh, kind of lives on forever. So it's really great to be part of. And we're trying to make it better and better so it's not a dark, scary place like it used to be. So, you know, those parents who might have been worried about those sorts of things are um, diminishing slowly, but they are diminishing. So, you know, we all want it to be a better place for us all to work. Great. Better place for us all to work. On that note, I want to thank you both for um, joining us today on Telling Tall Stories for the Institute of Building. Uh, thank you, uh, Gazelle. Thank you, Stacey. Thanks for listening to Tall Stories, Tales from the Built Environment, a podcast series by the New Zealand Institute of Building.